Welcome back, everyone, to the Visual Studio Mobile Developer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Microsoft developers, covering .NET, Xamarin and Azure, and more. I'm Matt Sokup. Hey, and I'm James Montemagno. How's it going, Matt? I'm doing well, James. What's new? Oh, my goodness. So much. Well, since the last time we talked, we both survived snowpocalypse over here in Seattle. It's been a month. Can you believe it? It has been. Now, James, let me talk about snow in Seattle. Okay, go for it. What's the deal? I'm from Wisconsin, and like you had five inches here, right? And that's like an overnight, you know, big deal in Wisconsin. And in Seattle, we, we were closed down for two weeks, two entire weeks. I know. It's sad. I mean, I'm from Ohio, so I understand the Wisconsin, Ohio, Midwest. We understand snow. The problem is that there's hills here. I don't know if you've heard of these things called hills. They're, they're steep slopes, if you will, with an incline. And cars, they don't go up or down. In fact, people don't go up and down hills when there's no salt, there's no shovels that can be purchased because we don't need them. So we don't have them. <laughs> and that's the problem, I think, is the big issue. That's for sure. Nobody has them. And everything became an ice rink a toboggan ranks, so to speak, down those steep, steep hills. <laughs> it did. It was glorious. I had a lot of fun, worked from home a lot, but still working from home, but it is beautiful. It's finally sunny again. I'm happy. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's great. And we have a lot of great news and stuff uh, in the world of mobile development and tons of Xamarin news, tons of Azure news, and tons of Visual Studio news. There's tons of news going into March, and I'm really excited, Matt. Yeah, there's a tons of great stuff. Um, one of the things that I'm super excited about, I'm all about the docs and the Xamarin docs has a new landing page, a new getting focused start page. And what's neat about this is that when you go there and we'll put the uh, URL in the show notes is that it's focused on how to do things. So you go there and you actually see, hey, how do you land a database inside your mobile app? And it's really focused on tasks that you might have to do as a mobile developer. And of course, there's always the other goodness that you come to expect from the docs, but the getting started page is really task focused, which I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, it's really nice. I got a sneak peek before we launched it. And I do enjoy that. It's really focused really heavily on Xamarin Forms, but that's where a lot of our developers are at. But all of the docs that you know and love are still there. So all the Android docs, all the iOS docs, but this homepage has these great quick starts, but even little tutorials. So you're like, man, like I just really wish that there was not this super crazy involved doc to learn how to do a list view or a button. Give me just the five click, walk me through a little bit of code, next, boom, next, boom, and really sort of show me how I can easily start to put some data into my app or how to use a button. So I really enjoy that it's some simplification and on the little tutorials, which are brand new, you can even go and say like, okay, I want to go learn something in 15 minutes. I'm going to go learn list view. And as you walk through, it'll say there's 10 minutes remaining, six minutes remaining, three minutes remaining, and then you're done, you know, which is very cool. Yeah. Those tutorials are great. And right off that beginner page, it tells you, or the start page, it tells you uh, the level. I'm looking at the grid tutorial right now. It says for beginners, and it's going to take you nine minutes to complete. So you could do it over your lunch break. You could do it on your coffee break. And it's learn all about the grid. Yeah. Yeah. So that's to me, super ideal. And it's not just views. There's other things like you were talking about, like database or web services. Like how do I make a rest service call? Well, we'll walk you through every single little step that you need to add JSON.net to make a web request, uh, you know, to go get weather information or something like that. And boom, you're good to go. Right. And that's, a, I get asked a lot about how do I add a database in it or how do I make a web service call? And boom, as you said, here they are. 
Yeah. Perfect. And, and they're nice, short and simple. And, and to me, I think they're going to be a big win for anyone getting started, uh, which is cool. Now, there's a lot of other things going on, too. They're being redesigned and relaunched. We have brand new dev blogs over at devblogs.microsoft.com. And again, they'll be in the show notes. Now, one thing to know of so far, the Xamarin one is not relaunched yet. So we're working on it. I'm working with Jamie and team on relaunching it, but a lot of the teams have relaunched. So .NET, ASP.NET, Visual Studio, uh, the languages, App Center's in there. The Xamarin has a lot of content, so we're migrating those posts over, putting in new images, things like that. But the format is very, very nice. So when you go there, you'll probably land on the Visual Studio blog, and immediately there's nice images. We can have multiple authors now that are collaborating on these posts. It's just all uniform, so now... As you're bopping around through the different uh, through the different categories, like oh, you know, now I'm really interested in um, Xamarin, or I'm interested in ASP.NET. Let's see what's happening there, and the the format is just very clean, very modern. So I'm I'm excited, and hopefully by next podcast we'll be good to go. It looks great. I know we uh, we've been waiting for this to come out, especially as an author. It's like all right, like, let's get going. And the multiple authors writing for the same one. I'm looking at the Visual Studio 2019 for Mac Preview three blog. And I uh, see Jordan and Cody wrote for it. And it is, it's just, there's no distractions in it when you're reading. Nice and clean. It's very clean and very focused. I think that's the nice thing is focus on the content. On the back end, there's lots of integrations that make it much better uh, for all of us. And I think, yeah, it's all of our dev blogs in one place. So you don't have to figure out and go to 14 different websites to find the different blogs. Part of Microsoft, they're all right there. It's like an RSS reader for the future. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I do like that. It's one place. Um, additionally, one thing that I'm very, very, very happy to officially announce that we launched is something I've been working on for a little bit now, quite a bit of time. And it's the first step in my focus on building the Xamarin community of uh, part of my 2019 initiative that's all I'm focused on is a lot of developers can't come to me all the time and they say, and I'm sure they come to you, Matt, too. And they say, what are the customers? What are the developers using Xamarin to build mobile apps? Like, and are they using Azure? Are they using App Center? Does Microsoft use Xamarin to build your apps? And the answer is always like, yes. And there's tons and we have tens of thousands and all these like big numbers. And they're like, okay, well, give me a, a one page that I can give to my boss to say, here are a bunch of companies that you know that you've heard of in different industries that are building apps with Xamarin. We officially have it over on the .NET website. Now there is an official Xamarin customer showcase portal. Beautiful, featuring all sorts of different companies from Microsoft to UPS, Outback Steakhouse, uh, Cincinnati Children's Hospital, Just Giving, Fox Sports, Fresh Direct, a bunch of different companies, different areas that you can learn more and actually go into the case study for each of them. So you get the nice logos, you get information about what they're building. And then boom, you can either download their app if it's available for iOS and Android or tap over to the case study to learn more. And better yet, at the very bottom of the page, you can go to all of our customer stories for Xamarin and even go to our community showcase. This is cool because there's a community website called builtwith.net, so builtwith.net, uh, which is very cute. You can submit your own projects and They'll get listed there and people can start them. They can star them. And I'm, I'm working with the creator, uh, Korsh, uh, if I'm going to say his name, absolutely correct, because he's from the Netherlands and he has Korsh, Korishtian, but I think it's Christian, but it's Korishtian. 
C O I'm going to spell it out because I don't know how to do it. C O R S T I A A N. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I'm going to go with Christian and you can correct me and I won't be able to update it, but it's there. But he's awesome because this website has all of the different Xamarin things. So whether you're building stuff with .NET Core, ASP.NET, or Unity, or Xamarin, you can easily go and submit your project. So it's a great community website. So that's the update that I got there, Matt. Yeah, that's awesome. And on that community site, too, you can filter by industry. So you can see just like media and telecommunications. So if that's what you're looking to build, go through, filter by that, and see the apps that people have built for that particular industry. And it's really cool to see what other people are building. Yeah. And so speaking of seeing what other people are building, James, I know you are super into this. I'm still trying to get my head wrapped around it, <laughs> but I've seen that Xamarin U just announced on Twitter that they are going to be taking to streaming on Twitch, which is crazy to me. I mean, I think it's crazy awesome. And um, I know that the .NET community standups have been doing it. Um, the last time that the mobile one, you had me help you host it. We're doing that on Twitch. And it's, it's really cool. There's even a Twitch team out there called the Live Coders, where um, C-Sharp Fritz is there. One of my colleagues, Suze Hinton's there. And of course, James, you're there too. And it's great just to go out there. You can go to um, twitch.tv slash team slash live coders and see a big team. I, there's like 10, 15 people out there that are members of this team. And you can tune in, subscribe, follow them. They're all kind of .NET slash Microsoft focused and see what they're up to. And it's pretty cool. So James, I know you do a lot of streaming. I get an email every time you're doing it and several times a week. I've been uh, I've been streaming every single Friday at two o'clock Pacific. So I work from home usually on Monday and Fridays and I've been building out different Xamarin apps. And it's cool because I get to work with Suze and Fritz and we started to build out this live coders and now we're doing the community standups and all this stuff. And it's all this great content, I think is just another way of learning. So one thing that I started two weeks ago or so was me rebuilding and modernizing an app that I built before Xamarin Forms even launched called Hanselman.Forms. It was the very first thing ever created in it, I'm pretty sure. And it's been around for almost five years. And my thought was, you know, I've been keeping it up to date with the latest versions, but it's not necessarily pretty. It's not following modern standards. So let me work with the community and live stream do PR reviews, let's modernize it. And I've already done bottom tabs, upgraded things to bindable layouts. We're using some new flex layouts. We're gonna be integrating some Azure functions and ASP.NET backend for it. Every single week I'm building that out live. So it's fun because it's powered by the community. I think that's what's really fun about the live streaming compared to just a video content, which we have tons of, is because you can interact with the streamers as they're streaming. If you watch, I export all my videos to YouTube and so does Fritz and Suze's. You can see us interacting and answering questions live. It's like, why did you do that? Or how do you feel about this? Or how do you feel about that? And that's what's really fun to me is, is that sort of part is it's free, right? We're not, you're not charging any money for it. You just go on and, you know, we love when people follow and we do have subs. You can get cool emoticons and things like that, but you don't have to do anything. You can just come watch, hang out, chat with us. And I love it. You know, it's super fun. Yeah, that's a real compelling part of it, James, is the interaction. Because a couple months ago, you and I did the eight-hour marathon stream with Fritz. And just like when you're up at a conference or you're doing a YouTube show or a Channel 9 show, you're just going through and going through your whole demo or going through your whole speech. And you might miss something or some that somebody's not thinking of or you're not thinking of what somebody else has a question for. But this whole interactivity, they can say, hey, hold up, Matt. What about this? Or I don't understand this. You know, can you go back and 
that's perfect. And it really just increases the benefit for everybody, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, that's probably, again, my, my favorite part is is you can just ask it live. And when you're at a conference, sometimes you're like, oh, they're presenting and maybe I'll catch them afterwards. We have to head off to the next thing and boom, we're here for you. So definitely check us out. Uh, we'll put links to my stream and to my blog post and to the all the ZAMU stuff that's happening. So we're very interested to get more and more streamers coming on board. And if you're a streamer, let me know. I'd like to, to check it out. So hit me up on Twitter at James Montemagno and send me your stream. I wrote a little blog post, so get into some of the fresh content on the Xamarin blog itself on how to use and debug a local ASP.NET Core web API with your iOS and Android apps. Now, for iOS or Visual Studio for Mac, it just works. Localhost, you're running it locally, you're good to go. On PC, it's always been a little bit tricky because... If you're running your service in IIS, well, IIS like blocks some things and Android is an emulator. So how do you communicate? So I wrote this blog post because I got this question all the time, which was like, hey, I can't debug my emulator. Like, how do I get that working? Well, it's super easy if you know how to get access to the Android IP address for localhost. So in this blog post, I walk through using Xamarin Essentials to say, am I on an emulator? Am I on Android? Instead of using localhost or my web API backend, use a special IP address for the specific emulator that you're using. So it's 10.02.2, which no one would know besides me, of course. Uh, <laughs> of, course, well, of, of, course, course. of course, I know that off the top of my head. Why wouldn't I? But the cool part here is that now you can use Kestrel instead of IIS. So Kestrel is our cross-platform way of running the, the web APIs and the things like that. It's a cool, cool thing. So you, instead of running IIS on your Windows machine, you run in Kestrel, which is now baked in. So when you do file new .NET Core app, it's just boom, built in. It's the cross-platform web server for ASP.NET Core. And boom, it will just communicate locally. And I have a little image of it running locally. And that's what how you want to debug, right? That's how you want to do it. So if you don't know how to do it, now you do. So boom. Now you do. So James, how did you find out about that 10.0.2.2 loopback? I mean, that's crazy. I mean, uh, so that was a lot of, I had done it a long time ago, but I think it was, it's, it's buried into Google documentation, but also every emulator, if you use like Jenny motion has a different IP address. So I stack overflowed. I went through some, um, different XDA, different forums to, to go find the different IP addresses and put it in that blog. So it's tricky. It's tricky. Android really makes you earn your stripes, right? Yeah. If you can debug on Android, you can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of something that really takes a lot of work to do, uh, displaying PDFs, right? Mm -hmm. A long time ago, I wrote a blog post on how to display a PDF, and I took the easy way out, and I said, just shell it to a web view. Let, let the OS do it. Um, but Sync Fusion has this great, essentially a control that does all the hard work for you. And they wrote a blog post on this. It's on the Xamarin blog. What you could do, really, if you were going to do it yourself, is uh, use the PDF renderer to, or the core graphics PDF document over on iOS to do it. But they've taken all the hard work and wrapped it up for you. And the features of this thing are amazing. You can annotate on the PDF. You essentially mark it up. You can navigate around to, with it with bookmarks. You can search for text. You can select text and copy. You can fill out and sign forms on this thing. And it's available in a NuGet package. It's really cool. It's wrapped up and you don't have to do any work. It's just a new Git package away. That is 
Awesome. Anytime you can take away some work where you don't have to go down into the platform itself and just access it from Xamarin Forms in a cross-platform way, what more can you ask for? Yeah, I love it. I love that there's a great ecosystem, not only from Syncfusion, but Telerik and DevExpress and all the other ones that uh, are able to uh, to really optimize some of those crazy things that you might need to do. Because even PDF, that's not even native to Android or iOS. It's a custom control that you need to build from scratch. So they've done it for you, like you said. So I love it. Uh, some other cool things I get questions about all the time are about doing user interface testing. And a while back, I had my good friend Sweeky from our mobile customer advisory team who works with you know customers and big enterprise all over the place to, for customer success. They, uh, she, she came onto the Xamarin show to talk about this page object pattern for writing UI tests with Xamarin UI tests for your iOS and Android apps. And Sweeky does a great job of describing what it is. Here's a bunch of helper methods. Like here's a repo with like you're getting started what UI test is, how you should architect it, and how to create all these little helper functions to easily do different things on iOS or Android and get the IDs if they're different. But it allows you, and what she showed even on the video, which is linked in the blog, is how easy once you set up a base, which only takes you know, you know, 20, 30 minutes, if that, if you're doing it from scratch, once you understand this pattern, you can start scaffolding out and adding UI tests in seconds. You're just, it's very easy because they start to build on top of themselves over and over again. So if you're into UI tests or you, you've just been interested in it, it's a little bit a detailed blog, but it's very, very, very good. Or check out the video over on the Xamarin show. Yeah, I love that the way they, uh, they do it is that you have page representations and maps one-to-one -to, -one to the pages. And that just makes a lot of sense when you're doing the UI tests. Like that's really, it's a cool way. And I love it. It's called page object pattern or pop. What more can you ask for in your creating UI tests, something just cool to say. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm making some pop. Pop. Cool. And James, I know you're probably a part of this, but we are doing something cool with Microsoft Build this year. We're opening it up for community speakers. You can now apply to be a speaker at Build and not have to work for Microsoft to be that. That's amazing. I love it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Some different type of content I'm sure will get submitted. Which is Yeah. Funny. And enthusiasm around having community be able to go out and speak too. That's that's amazing. Tickets are now on sale too. Um, if you are a speaker, you won't have to pay obviously to get in. But if you just want to come and attend, tickets are on sale now too. And Bill is going to be held this May 6th through May 8th. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Bill's always a cool conference to go to. Yeah, come on and join us. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'll be there. I have, I have many a session. So uh, be sure to come say hi if you see us. And I'm sure that you'll be there too. I'm pretty sure you're going to be in town. I will be in town. I'll be able to walk, hopefully, to build. Nice. Nice. I like that. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Um, what else is happening? Well, we have some uh, cloud news. Uh, first and foremost, we talked about it uh, last week, that App Center um, went ahead and they started to open source their public roadmap to allow the community to be more involved. And they've started some initial designs um, to plan out some new features, including identity, data sync, and enhancements to push. So they're asking for feedback on the specifications, how it would work, what features you need. So if you're looking to use App Center for even more places uh, inside of your applications, give that a look. It's very cool. I love when interacting with the community. So nice. 
yeah, go out there and comment on the issues. They have screenshots out there. I won't, they're not exactly screenshots yet. They're prototypes of screenshots or mock-ups, but put in your two cents. Say this, this, I think this is great. I don't think this is great. Make your voice heard. Yeah. Let your voice heard. I like that. So another new thing that's come out with uh, Azure, this is just in preview, it's called Azure App Configurations. And what this is, is that when you're deploying virtual machines or app services out into the greater world, is that generally you're going to have them out in more than one Azure region. So you might have something out in East US, something out in Northern Europe, something out maybe in Japan. So you want them close to where your users are. A lot of times, though, the problem with that is like your virtual machine or your app service is going to have configuration files in order to start up, right? You're going to need to get your database connection strings in there or something like that. And James, can you imagine the problem if you had one connection string that was different than in West US and the one that's in East US. Oh, yeah. It's going to be kind of hard to figure out the where that issue is coming from. It's going to be a headache. That's for sure. It's going to be a headache. And so what Azure App Configurations does is it allows you to have a single spot for all these um, different services that you deploy to pull from. Oh, cool. So you can pull your app, yeah, your app configuration file from one single spot. And so... That's that's really neat. And w- also what it does is that it allows you to like play back in time your configuration settings. So it doesn't work today, but it worked yesterday. Well, it allows you to roll it back mm. so, you can, so you can get it out there like that. And it uh, allows you to tag vers- uh, certain settings too. So you can have production tag or a development tag. And um, so it's in preview right now. And I'll put the documentation link for it in the show notes. So that's really something I kind of thought was really cool. And I just learned about it the other day. I thought, whoa, this is this is neat. And I have to tell everybody about it. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I like it. That's really rad. So and another thing I came upon the other day was um, cognitive services. Who doesn't like themselves some cognitive services? I love it. Is the vision cognitive services is take a picture of something. Like right now, I'm looking at a computer monitor. If I would take a picture of it, it would tell me. That's a computer monitor. Mm. Well, they just released a couple updates for it where now though the tagging for it is both better and more robust. So it'll say computer monitor on a desk. I also see a desk and so on. And also though, another cool thing that I really like about it is that it'll start to um, crop within the image. So it'll say, I see a computer monitor. I also see a water bottle over here. And it'll tell me in where in that picture the... uh, Objects exist in the picture at zero's coordinate zero zero is the monitor and however wide and high it is. And over at coordinate 100, 100 is the water bottle. So that's pretty neat. So some some new enhancements to Cognitive Services Vision. And I know a lot of people like putting that into their apps. Just some cool stuff to, to know about. Very cool. I like that. That's yeah, really, really, really cool. I like whenever they're adding just new new stuff on there all the time. It's like things keep getting better. Yeah. And talking about things keeping getting better, guess what's coming out, James? Or guess what is out? Forms 3.5. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good yeah. big release. I like this one. It's it's a really good big release. Last time we talked about the bindable layout. There it is. It's ready for you to use. Toolbar accessibility. Now that's something that is super important for everybody. It'll be able to say, all right, this is your back navigation to help people with vision impairments things like that to make your apps more accessible for everybody. That's a really great enhancement. We have enhancements to the span element, ton of community contributions. We'll put the release notes in here and you can go down and see all the community contributions that people have put in. It's amazing. And a lot of the contributions came part of uh, the Hacktoberfest 
that we ran last October. Mm. And yeah, a lot of people got involved with it. Beautiful stuff. And of course, just tons and tons of bug fixes and performance improvements a part of that. And reviews of Shell, Visual, the collection view, which will make you forget all about the list view. Uh (laughs) And Carousel is also going to be all a part of that, all included out of the box. Yeah, it's cool that those like they're behind feature flags, but they're in there so you can try them out before the new new releases come out. So it's like a work in progress. But you know, it doesn't stop because there's even more releases. Uh, Xamarin Forms on the way. So I've been trying to confirm with David if they'll be out by the time this podcast comes out. But there are previews available of Xamarin Forms 3.6, which is the next dot release this has some mostly perform or not you know performance and bug fixes coming from 3.5 but there is some new features and capabilities such as a pin source on a map read only mode for entry and a new platform specific for ios for group header style which is very nice on the list view but most importantly is that they are taking visual out of the experimental feature flag so it'll be on You don't have to do a feature flag or anything. You can just go in and start using visual. So I don't know if it's like officially shipped 100%, but that's how it feels at least. So it's totally there. So I'm going to, I've already started experimenting with it, but I like that I don't have to wait until Xamarin forms 4.0 or whenever anything else lands. I can start using these things today without installing even those latest nougats, which is very cool. Mm -hmm. That's great. And hot off the release, we talked about Xamarin Essentials uh, previously. Now, this one, we're, I'm working hard to get this one out there, 1.1.0, one, uh, which has some great community contributions, such as uh, detecting shake on the device, custom um, customizations for the browser when you launch it with colors and title settings, also some enhancements and helpers for color, point, uh, rectangle, and size going from and to the native uh, bits. So a lot of times, um, I want to create a color, but I want to convert that to an Android color, Or for instance, I want to create a color from a hex value. So no longer do I need a Xamarin Forms color. I can just use a normal color and it's cross-platform and it works with .NET Standard 2.0. And that is even backwards compatible with 1.0. We we did some really cool stuff. So that is on the roadmap. It should be out soon, but I figure by the time the next podcast is out, it'll already be out. So be on the lookout for Essentials 1.1.0. Boom. Nice. And speaking of things that are coming out, Visual Studio release candidate. We're getting close. We're getting close to Visual Studio 2019 being out for real. So we have the release candidate out there, which is awesome. It's Windows only right now, but there's tons and tons of improvements for Xamarin developers in there. The build performance that we're talking about all the time that we mentioned a lot on the last episode is baked right in. All the new plumbing is in there. Live share is in there. You got a faster start time being in there. We had, um, there's several visual changes that are built in source control improvements. So it works more efficiently with Azure DevOps or GitHub. I'm really excited about Visual Studio 2019 coming out. And it's anytime there's a big Visual Studio release, it's like there's this big anticipation. I can't wait for VS to come out. And what's neat about it, what we've been doing is that you can kind of dog food it before it comes out. And then once you see those release candidate signs there, it's like, all right, it's almost here. Next, on April 2nd, I believe, is the big official release date, but you don't have to really wait. You can really start getting your feet wet with the release candidate. Yeah, it's nice. There's tons of optimizations. I know we're still working on some more things on the Xamarin side, so don't... It's a release candidate, so it's not officially the final thing, right? So uh, there's still some more things coming down the, the pipe there. But if you're over on a Mac, just today... 
when we're recording on the 5th to timestamp this specific one, um, there's a brand new preview of Visual Studio for Mac uh, 2019 Preview 3. Now, this is a pretty hefty preview. So there's been some dramatic changes over on the VS Mac side of things, uh, including uh, now being able to run multiple instances at the same time, all of those huge Xamarin app development improvements, such as deployment times, new templates are all included, big improvements for debugging Unity apps, a brand new, a brand new from scratch C-sharp editor. You got to turn it on. It's in preview. So you want to give that a test, uh, which is pretty spectacular, which adds all sorts of new things like smooth editing, multi-carat editing, a lot more responsive, uh, better IntelliSense, all the things that you could hope for is inside of there. Like I said, they've been really spending a lot of time in enhancing that and just tons of other stuff. I mean, there's so much in there, but give that a try. Um, that preview three uh, and the, the team, Jordan and both Cody would love some feedback if, if you're using VS for Mac. So let them know. Boom. Yeah, I'm super excited about the new C-sharp editing experience. I have not tried preview three yet, but I will be probably this afternoon. So that's that's slick. Can't wait. Nice. And it wouldn't be a Visual Studio Mobile Developers podcast if I didn't talk about authentication, identity. Yeah. There is, <laughs> there is a new MCEL or a Microsoft Authentication Library 3.0 preview out. And so we're slowly moving towards a release for MCEL. You can use MCEL in your production apps. And what MCEL does is it gives you authentication, the ability to talk to Active Directory to run your authentication to get your tokens mm. and so on. And what we've done with MCEL or what the team has done with MCEL 3.0 is made it simple, simple, simple. You can now get at your tokens easier. You can configure an app easier. You can get it, provide your own at WebView. Oh. Now, that's something that we've been asked about too a lot. There are some breaking changes, unfortunately, but you go from a 2.x to a 3.x as something that you would kind of expect. But there's a lot of going from a lower level application library to still saying lower level, but making it simpler to use. This is a great update, I think. So it's definitely worth checking out. It is preview yet, but um, yeah, give it a shot if you have a chance and let me know what you think. Yeah, I can't wait. I just did some migration uh, over to the 2.7 or whatever, and it wasn't too bad. It was just a few line changes from the early previews, and I'm excited to give this a go and see uh, what what it looks like. And it's really coming along super nice. Yeah, they're, they're moving really fast on the mcell.net side, and it's it's always exciting when the teams are going so quickly. Yeah, yeah. They're moving quick and really responsive to feedback. I know you and I had some issues and ping the team and boom, got some feedback right away. Yeah, within like 15 minutes. That's wonderful. Yeah. I think it's time. I think we're done with the news and the releases. It's time for the pick of the pod. Matt, what you got for us? I have something I just found out this morning. I was browsing Twitter. One of our good friends, Gerald B, has a new control out. It's going to be actually into Xamarin Forms. 4.0, and it's going to be the unselected and selected tab color. Mm. So you can now change your tab colors in Xamarin Forms to indicate, hey, I've been selected or I'm not selected. And that's actually super, super cool. It's He has a whole blog post written on it. It's kind of funny. He His test app is, as he notes, is please do not let the horrific color scheme throw you off track. So it's, <laughs> Gerald's a funny guy. And um <laughs> It's cool, though. And so this is something that um, 
it's been wanted for a little bit and he's taken upon himself to throw it into forums and it'll be out in 4.0. Good. Very nice. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, blogged many a times about how to do a lot of this work, uh, specifically with the icons and the, the, the tinting and things like that. And I'm glad that we're putting this in there officially. It's one of those little things that, you know, you don't need to do all the time, but every once in a while you might want to spice it up with a little bit of colors here and there. And Hope this works on bottom tabs on Android. I'm going to ping him and say, hey, how do we get that in there? Make sure. But it should be. This will be very, very nice. I'm very excited about that um, as well. There's been some ways to get around it, but easily enough just to, to set a few properties. Now, my pick of the pod actually has been around for a while, and I just stumbled across it. So it is a library called Forms 9Patch. Now, have you ever heard of this? I haven't, but it sounds Android-y to me. So um, I'm going to link, there's a forum blog post, but also a GitHub page that we'll link to. And this is by, um, what is what is his name? I was just talking to him over on Twitter. Um, I think his name is Ben, maybe? Let me pull it up here. I don't want to, Ben. Yeah, Ben Askren. He has built this library. Now, Nine Patch is super duper Android and people are like, I don't even know what a nine patch is. So back in my day, back in my day, uh, <laughs> nine patches were the rage. Uh, nine patches are super cool technology that are built in by default into Android. And what a nine patch is, is a special marking of an image that allows you to duplicate an area to extend parts of an image. So for instance, you might have a little chat bubble window. Well, you can extend that to be a nine patch bubble window by using a special tool that draws little lines on the top and left-hand sides to say this area can expand and how far they can expand in different directions. This allows you to do super cool stuff. So a cool example um, over here in the, in the links, and you can now open this here is this image doc where it is this sort of red ribbon and you might have a little crink in the ribbon your designer is giving this to you and you're like all right well cool now how do i extend this when i'm on a tablet i need to go all the way across the screen well you mark it with some nine patch stuff and the nine patch will then extend it all the way across and he's made it so it works across platform on ios android and uwp from dotnet standard which is super cool and it includes mm-hmm. tons of other stuff like loading SVG vectors, some enhancements for labels and custom fonts and auto fitting. Uh, and he's done a bunch of other stuff to um, other layouts that improve based on nine patch to work together. So it's a very cool library. I hope to have him do a guest blog post in general, but I'm I'm blown away uh, by it. He has even pop ups. He's got a bunch of cool stuff in here. Modal dialogue. I'm like, oh, this is great. Uh, I believe when he launched, it was a paid library but now it's just on nougat it's free and you can go grab it and you open sourced it and, and everything so um super jazzed on it so definitely give that a look yeah, that looks super cool that's definitely a nice pick of the pod thanks do what i can pick the pod <laughs> so james that sounds like the march episode of the visual studio mobile developers podcast yeah we did it we did it where can people find you matt People can find me at CodeMailMan on Twitter, on GitHub, pretty much everywhere on the internets. Nice. And James, what about you? Find me at James Montemagno. That's on Twitter, on Twitch. Montemagno.com is my blog filled of great, great resources. You can find this podcast at VS 
mobiledev.com, which will redirect you to xamarinpodcast.com because I'm too scared to change the domain name on it uh, in general. So you can find that. You can um, go and subscribe on your favorite podcast application. And of course, email us. Um, there's a contact button right at the top of that page when you go to xamarinpodcast.com. And you can send us an email. We love it. And we'll read those off when they come in. Or if you want to hear or learn about certain things, let us know. I think that's it, Matt. We did it. We did it. March is done. All right, James. Looking forward to April. I'll talk to you later. Bye.